Okay, we're back for another episode of Better Than Nothing. Hi, guys. Welcome back. I'm really, I am so excited to record today. Mm-hmm. I'm just in a really good mood. And I oh, think I love listening. that. Yeah, I want to talk about that. Um, really good mood, really awesome topic that I think a lot of people are going to connect with that I'm excited for you to share. Uh, I think we're also going to give some people the opportunity from my poll that I posted on social, um, or not poll, but, um, questions box. I got some really good responses and I'd love to share them. I think it'll be, and maybe that's kind of like how we introduce this episode, or maybe we do it after you tell me. Um, but I think it'll just give voices to women who may be feeling a certain way, but have never been able to express it or have never really been asked that question, right? Like, have you ever been asked, like, what is one thing that you think, you know, should be known if someone is, you know, I think that there's this assumption that like, if you're pregnant, you must be in the best place possible. And like, that couldn't be further from the truth. And I can't wait to dive into that and really uh, shine some light on some things that some people uh, non-pregnant folks can uh, try to empathize with the next time you have a pregnant friend that is coming off as they're absolutely miserable. So yeah. it's not going to be all about the miserableness of pregnancy. There's going to be some other things in there too. No. So people shared some like really, yeah, I just think there's, it's an awareness that I think I'm excited for us to expand on. So it's exciting, but I wanted to, before I got, we got into that. I, so I just said, I was like, I'm just in a really good mood, but over the past, I think this has been a slow progression for me lately. Just realizing like how bad down I was mentally, like probably for the last, like last year, this, like the beginning of this year and how I feel now is so different. Like the, like a cloud has been lifted. Uh, and it like from the words of Kylie Jenner, like, I feel like I have my personality back. I feel like I can come to this. I've never heard anybody quote Kylie Jenner. Well, I did anyways. Um, no, but I do feel like that. I feel like myself feel like I have, I'm back to myself again. Why don't we dig into that? Dig in. Yeah. I I want to hear more about this. I don't know. You know, I think it's been a couple of weeks like of this. I don't know if it's been, I think it's more than just working with my coach and like putting such a huge emphasis on my health. I think it's more than that. I think it's maybe even, you know, cutting down my coaching uh, like coaching, uh, roster in half. Right. And only taking on those who I really want to work with and, and removing that pressure from myself. I think it's that and being okay with it. I think, I think getting laid off actually saved me. Like I've always had this overwhelming feeling that I'm going to get fired for some sort of reason. And I'm someone who holds like so much worth in my work. And 
I held a lot of like anxious feelings of that, you know? Um, and when, and when it actually happened, it, it was like, you just move on from it and you learn that you're okay. I feel like I'm finally in a job that I really like. That's so it, it's just a, I think it's a couple of things. Like I'm in the, in this job that I really like, I, I finally like know what I'm doing. I'm really, really good at it. Like really yeah, successful. That's a good that. feeling. And, and it might be like, I think it's a culmination of several things. So like really succeeding in my job right now, cl- cutting down responsibility, like outside responsibilities and not feeling guilty about it. Like don't feel guilty about having half of the client roster. Like I think, I don't think coaching, I don't, I love coaching. I don't know in the way that I'm doing it right now is how I want to do it forever. And we've obviously have had that conversation. I want to help people, but maybe it's through this vessel and not specifically like having one-on-one clients. You know, it is a huge Mm -hmm. undertaking, um, very mentally taxing. And so, so giving myself permission to explore different avenues, um, while also, um, while also cutting, reducing my roster, this obviously has been a huge passion project. I've loved doing this with you. Our relationship is complete 180 and it feels, that feels really good too. putting emphasis yeah. on my health. Um, this cut has been fun. Like I, I just, and I've always said this about when you really start to like hone in on your nutrition and your training and things like that, like you start to just see other things like fall into place or just like it's a, it's a domino effect of like positive change in other areas of your life. And I have been putting a huge emphasis on this over the, I've been with my coach for three months and while I wasn't in a dieting phase, I just, I was really strategic, like really paying attention, making sure I was getting enough fiber, making sure I was eating really healthy foods and working my ass off in the gym. And I just, I think a culmination of all of those things has helped me reach this point where I'm like, okay, I feel like myself again. I like the, who I'm showing up at, how I'm showing up in the world. You know, to me, it sounds like everything that you listed was a way of you prioritizing yourself. Yeah. I think that, yeah. I mean, that's a way of looking at it. I didn't look at it like I think that. It's, it's, you're putting yourself first, right? As we have talked at length, at least, you know, not only on here, but you and I specifically have talked at length that like you have to prioritize yourself. And it sounds like that's what you were doing when you, well, with the the job, it forced you to mm-hmm. make a change. Right. And then you cut back your clients because you needed to, right. You, you, yeah. you wanted to do that. And then you got this coach because you wanted to get the coach and mm-hmm. you're doing all these things. And then when you're, uh, you know, kicking your ass at the gym, like that's a really great feeling. And then you're getting this confidence boost at work when you're thriving yeah. there. So, yeah, that's actually true. I guess I never thought of it like, cause like I've always felt like I've been this type of person who is actually more selfish than other people. Like I feel like I'm already prioritized myself. Like I could probably be a little bit more selfless. So I think about it. I mean, it depends on who you ask. I, when thing. you frame it like that, it's true. Like I put myself first by reducing my roster because it was too much. 
-hmm. And for a long time, I think I was operating in a space where it was like the opposite of that and focusing on putting a lot of attention and focus into this new job. That is super rewarding for me too. Um, this avenue, and you're right, like hiring a coach is definitely putting yourself first and prioritizing yourself. Yeah. I think you have a good, that was a good assessment. I'm very observant. Call me Enola Holmes. Oh, I love that show. Oh, I loved it too. I didn't expect to like it because I'm not super big on like young girly or any young things. Mm -hmm. It, that excludes Stranger Things because Stranger Things was good. I don't know if you watched that. I did, but I could not get into the most recent season. I can't remember it off the top of my head. Like they're older. Um, uh, what's her name? Max was like kind of the star of it all. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, yeah. I mean, everything goes without, like, I feel like every season of anything, the first season is just like good. Always the except, best. Except reality TV. They got to get into their swing of things. Yeah. Like I, like, I watched the first episode or the first season of like uh, the Housewives of Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, it was brutal. But once you get into it and like you like watch their uh, elevation <laughs> of money, that's good. That's good yeah. TV, baby. <laughs> that's true. So I'm happy mm-hmm. that you are at a place of like, just feeling good because yeah. I think a lot of folks underestimate how good it feels to feel good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds so mm-hmm. silly, but you sometimes, at least for in my experience, I I like I, I sometimes tend to linger. Well, I did, not so much anymore. I'm able to like catch it. Any we'll get to that at some point, but I used to kind of like linger in states of like not great because I just didn't know Mm. anything else I also heard you say uh oh gosh what was it you're comparing yourself from now to like that point where how you felt bad you had this like frame of reference of like how bad things can get mentally Mm -hmm. and I think it's a great motivator to like kind of stay on top of your mental health yeah it's true and it well, kind of gives you like a what? No, like to your point, I was think I've been thinking that I'm like, well, how do you, how do I hang on to this, right? Like, how do I prevent that from happening again? Because you're almost like waiting for the shoe to drop, right? Like for, okay, I feel good now. When is it going to mm-hmm. happen where I don't feel good again? And yeah, so. Uh, I have had those thoughts and maybe what you're saying is just like getting ahead of it before it gets bad. Like noticing the signs when they start to come uh-huh. up for me. Yeah. Those what it, what you're saying now is a really, really, really hard skill to learn. So if you're listening, if anybody's listening to this and they're, you know, trying to identify that it's hard, it's going to mm-hmm. take practice and don't get upset with yourself when you get into these like, pits of just uh, feeling bad because you'll you'll get out of it eventually but it takes time just like uh what I'm working on right now is 
trying to identify when I'm in the wrong almost immediately, right? We're not doing immediately because it's kind of impossible. But like, instead of taking an hour to reflect, I want to get into this like 10, 15 minute time frame. So like when I'm arguing with my husband or something like that, I'm trying to get to a place where like it only takes me like 10, 15 minutes to like reflect on what was going on. And then if I need to apologize or my husband needs to apologize, that sort of thing. That takes a lot of time to learn because before it was like uh, a day. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. you, you were yeah, talking about trying skill. to identify things and it's hard. It's hard to reflect. It's hard to be you're talking about being extremely self-aware and not many folks at all were really like that. So I hope that helps. I think it's right. Well, yeah, it's definitely emotional regulation. I'm definitely trying to do that, especially in like on the topic of like having kids and things like that. Like I want to be in a place where I am, I know how to regulate my emotions prior, like so that my kids pay attention to that right like we don't lose our shit you know what I mean like we we learn how to regulate our emotions and I want to be able to pass that down and be able to be a model for them in that way you know like the people who are emotionally regulated they've got that is such an underlooked skill and (laughs) and power that it I look at people who are so emotionally regulated and I'm like, you are the elite, you know, just it's, uh, I think it separates the strong from the weak. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. I'd have to agree with you. It's really hard to manage your emotions. The thing is, is it's not a capping. It's not, stuffing them it's expressing them it's learning that like your anger is actually sadness trying to get out and like once you really get that I know we can all hear that and understand it but like once you understand that like say you're in a fight with your husband okay and your husband's angry and you're like can we try and see where this is coming from and like this can also be you too like I'm angry it's a secondary emotion Let's dig deeper. And then the more you dig deeper, the less you are to fly off the handle. And like that is primo experience going through life, knowing that you aren't just going to be the eggshell in the room. That's a good feeling. Hell yeah. My goal in life is to be somebody that people feel comfortable around. And that's been my main goal for a long time. And like, once you think of that, you're like, okay, what can I do to make people feel comfortable around me? Oh, maybe not be somebody that is, uh, oh, what's the word? Sensitive to, yeah, Miranda. That's okay. Sensitive, like say more, like, um, (sighs) where am I going with this? Like somebody that you, like, you don't want to be like highly offensible, like, you don't want to be that person that is like, don't want to say this around her because she will just like take it the wrong way pout, and like be the, basically the worst person in the room. That's the way I see it. I know I'm not explaining that very well, but I think we all know someone that like 
you can't joke with. Yeah. Like they just no, literally, totally. there's like, no, there's no jokes happening yeah. because you take everything way too seriously. And I'm not even speaking, this isn't a hundred, like this has not much to do with even politics. This is like uh, my sarcasm when people take my humor wrong and they get really offended and I haven't even like roasted them. We got, <laughs> we got a problem because like now yeah. I want to roast you. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I feel you on that. There is, there is, I've, I've always felt like that too. And I've been told that, that like, that people feel like I've always been just a very good listener. People can really have, feel very comfortable to confide in me. I do think that that's like a skill that I too do possess. And I, and I, I want people to feel like that, right? Like I do want people to feel comfortable. I want them to feel a sense of peace around me. And I do think that is like, being able to see different sides of a story of people's thoughts and like where they might be coming from and that, um, that empathy, right? Like being really able to tap into that. Well, there's one thing I've learned is that empathy is not teachable. You either have it or you don't. I mean, I could be a hundred percent wrong, but I feel like you got it or you don't baby. (laughs) (laughs) So I, as much as I would love to sit and talk about this forever, but we do have a topic today. I'm also in the middle of a home renovation. So I know you got to like wrap shit up. Yes. Well, I'm going to let you take the reins and then we'll end it with um, some advice from our um, friends on social media. Does that sound good? Yes. I can't wait to hear that. Yeah. Let me pull up this doc really quick. Okay. So Today's episode, I want to like title what I didn't expect about expecting. So like things that you just didn't know were a thing that was a package deal when you decided to have a baby. So there's a lot of these kind of, uh, kind of like link in together, but I wanted to make sure that like I hit everything even if they kind of like relate to each other. So I wanted to get very specific because I feel like it's important. So my first thing that I just didn't expect to happen, and I only experienced this while being pregnant, was nostalgia cravings. Now, I don't know if anybody listening to this has ever experienced this, but I 100% experienced nostalgia cravings. So what are they? It's when you crave food that brings you comfort from a time that like a a time you feel is like a good time I guess I think that's the best way to put it I I guess we could probably look it up but basically what I was um so when I was pregnant with my first I was heavily craving everything my mom has probably ever cooked me in my life. So we're talking, uh, what did I crave? I really wanted like spicy wings. Now I know you guys are going to hear this and be like, but you're vegan. I was craving that, like that heat. And like, I don't know what mom did differently, but anyway, so that was one. And then I heavily craved Rachel. Do you remember I would eat my noodles with ranch? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Did you yeah. want ranch when noodles? I was a kid? When it, we're talking when I was like four or five, I would eat my noodles with ranch, not marinara. <laughs> and I craved that all the time. 
So, Did you ever have no. it? I don't rem- I might have, and I don't even think it hit the because that was before they had a good vegan ranch. The only vegan ranch on the market was Daya, and Daya is just not my favorite. It's Primal favorite. Kitchen it's not mine. has a Primal Kitchen has a vegan ranch. I think try that sometime. I do follow your heart, and it's oh, okay. So good. It is so good. There's a bunch now. Back in the day. Hidden Valley was no nowhere near nowhere near us. Now they have vegan ranch in like every store, which is great. So the reason that this was hard for me was because we don't have my sister and I don't have a relationship with my mom. And what was I was experiencing was needing my mom. So that goes into like the next one. I, I kind of like those nostalgia cravings were difficult for me because I. I was being reminded by flavors of how much I needed my mom, which is my next point was I didn't expect how much I needed my mom in my life during pregnancy and like how much I wanted to reach out to her so bad during pregnancy. Just my first one. My second one, no. (laughs) My first one specifically, I thought about reaching out to her probably every single day and it uh it was a it was a challenge so people that pause i so it's i remember it broke my heart because like i remember you would ask questions you'd be like hey do you remember what did mom do about this like what did mom do about this and i was like you know like i don't remember or i and i remember you expressing that and it was just like very heartbreaking for you to go through that and wanting someone to talk to thankfully like yeah. you know we ha- my our aunt you know grandma like I think you leaned on them a lot um but that was tough and I yeah I, I so go keep going no yeah I mean it, it was tough and it was really hard to try to navigate something that you know you obviously know your mother went through <laughs> Yeah. Clearly, if you're here, you know, your mom brought you here. Uh, There's just something when you're going through that process, you really want to reach out to them and you find a lot of comfort from your mom. And I knew that I wouldn't get that from her. So that's why I didn't reach out to her. And it, it sucked really bad. But I just want to put this out there. If anybody doesn't have a mom in their life, expect that. And maybe you don't experience it. That's fine too. But just, you know, be prepared and don't let it get you down. You'll get through it, especially those of you that are tempted to reach out to a mom that like isn't is a strange the best. Yeah. yeah, and you're tempted to. I encourage you to maintain that boundary because you'll be better for it. I, I promise you'll be better for it. Well, and that's on that just note, like, like I said, lean on those individuals who you can count on, right? Who do have sound advice. Like I do recall, like you leaning heavily on our aunt Stacy, um, mm-hmm. from Ellen, like stepmom, things like that. Um, so, but on that note, I think it's, I think for you too. And I wonder this is, I think pregnancy 
can feel very isolating when you, maybe you are the only one in your friend group or, Mm -hmm. you know, who is pregnant, right? Like your friends don't get it. You feel like you have no one to talk to about what you're going through. There's no one to relate to. Did you experience that? Absolutely. And we will be getting into that because it is a very isolating experience. And especially for me, because I was pregnant at 22 in a brand new state. I had one friend and she's never had a, she, she'd, she never had a kid and that I was alone and that, yeah, I didn't really have anybody. So it can be isolating and we we'll absolutely touch on that today because it, it's a big part of pregnancy. So that's one thing that I, another thing that I just wanted to touch on. So Sorry, I'm getting redundant. Uh, so no, one good. thing I didn't expect. You're good. What's one thing I didn't thing? expect was uh, guilt when you struggle with self-image. This is a this is one to unpack, and it's I'm going to try and keep it kind of short. So basically, it can be really hard to watch yourself grow, and it's really hard to grapple with this new body that feels absolutely foreign. Also, and the reason that there's guilt behind it is because a lot of pregnant women are aware that there's other women that want to be pregnant and are struggling to. And the the fact that like some women are just caught up in how they look when they're pregnant and having a hard time with it is a guilty feeling. It sucks. It's hard to feel like you can complain about it. And it's hard. It's, it's just really difficult to look in the mirror. sometimes from my experience. And this was probably because I have body dysmorphia and I'm like, you know, at that point with my first one, I was really fresh in eating disorder recovery. So like it was really hard watching myself grow and then that guilt behind it because you were just very aware of the circumstances of other people and not wanting to make it all about your looks you know what I'm saying yeah it's a mind fuck for sure yeah it was a challenge and I just wanted to kind of bring awareness to this that like you aren't crazy. Like if anybody watching this that is, uh, or listening that is experiencing this while they're pregnant, even postpartum, I would also consider that with postpartum too, but, but that's a whole different episode. I, it makes sense when you watch yourself grow, like it's weird and it's hard to like, just see what's happening, especially when there's just an insane amount of pressure on not gaining more than 25 pounds mm-hmm. because everybody talks about you can only gain the 25 to 30 pounds. And then as you watch yourself grow, there's just like this pressure already building for a moment that's like 10 months away. Like, yeah, it, it comes with its own set of experiences, I guess. Yeah, I totally Am can I, see that. What? No, I, I just, I can, I can see how it, you can feel two types of ways, right? Like you want to feel super grateful while also you're like, what the fuck is going on? Like how, how is this happening so quickly? 
just, you know, two months ago, I looked like this and now I look like this and becoming okay with it, with living in a society that is very, very driven on our looks, our appearance. And I totally can see whether, when you obviously got pregnant too, at a very, like, I think shit. Yeah. 22 is young, you know, like, Mm -hmm you're still developing and, and having a healthy relationship. I don't even think I have a, like it anyways, having a healthy relationship with your body and your appearance takes so much time. And is I think is hard to have a grasp on in your early twenties and to be going through that. And then also being super aware of those who, you know, want to be feeling the way you feel is a, I can't even imagine the mind fuck that it, that would, that is. Yeah. And there's a whole lot more to that. I've heard of folks, uh, pregnant folks when they get, when they've been trying for like 10 plus years and they finally get pregnant and then the way they feel like, I thought this was going to be different. Yeah. Like that, I, that's like heartbreaking because like being a parent's fucking hard and like wanting it for so long. And then it finally happens and you're like, wow, this is kicking my ass. Am I even was was this supposed to be a sign was that I shouldn't really be something I wanted? Like, yeah, and, and on, like, none of that yeah. is, none of that's true. Okay, like y- you are fully, you can get through it. I, I like to rah rah, but Rachel, what I were think you the message. Say? No, I think the message to get across here today is like the thoughts that you're having, someone else is having too. Okay, common, you're not the common, you're common, not common one who feels like, wow, I really hate the way I look right now, but I should feel fucking grateful. I should feel a certain way. And we're going to talk about the shoulds because that was a like the word should um, after because someone brought it up in my DMs. And I, yeah, the mm-hmm. word should is just, it, it's, it, yeah, we'll get into that. But um, there, yeah, there's no indication the way that you feel during pregnancy. It's not indicating how you're going to feel for the rest of your life. So if there's just one piece that you get from that. How you feel now is 100% temporary. I promise. Promise. And if it's not, we're getting like, we're signing you up for therapy. That's, I hope that you guys hear that. So my next point is what I didn't expect was guilt when you just don't understand. Sorry. Let me try and reread this in my brain real quick. Oh gosh, this is one I struggled with. So when you are pregnant and you don't feel happy, you may feel guilty or just bad about not being happy. And then I would like to tie this into when you see people that are extremely happy while pregnant and you're like wondering what's wrong with you. So I think these go hand in hand. So like take what we talked about with this last point about your body. So imagine just like you're just existing and pregnant and you're absolutely miserable and you just feel guilty about it because people are looking at you and they're like, wow, you must be so happy to have a baby on the way. You look amazing. Wow. And you're just in your head thinking like, I am hurting and like, I can't, the thing is, I can't shit. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And like, the thing is, is like uh, my textbook pregnancy, like if you look at my pregnancy on paper, both of them, perfect, right? Nothing wrong. I was miserable mentally. I couldn't even cope with it. It was just so much mental load. I don't even know how to properly explain it, but like, it was just extremely stimulating and not in a good way. Would you say overall, did you enjoy being pregnant or no? No, but give me a baby, give me a newborn baby, give me any baby, and I will breastfeed for 50 years. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, this my mic is being weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's interesting because I do recall, like, when you say, like, your textbook pregnancy, like, I don't think you, it's not like you got morning sickness or anything, like. Uh, kinda. My second, first one, for, like, four weeks I was sick. Lucas, I ended up having to go to urgent care because I couldn't uh, eat, and I was throwing up, and I was getting dehydrated. So that did happen. Do Were you, you remember sick, that? though, or was it, like, like was it a bug, or? No, was it, like... it was just nauseous, so oh. nauseous. The nausea, uh, you combat nausea with food, and I could not yes. eat to save my life. Oh my gosh. So yes, if you're experiencing morning sickness, stuff your face. That is what I've, um, so on that, this is on another note, but like, I've been told that. So like when you are pregnant and you are experiencing like that morning sickness or just nausea, like you're mentioning it, it, like you do need to try and eat. The same is true for if you are motion sickness or motion sick. That you, if you keep eating, that you should be, like, it should help subside the nausea. Mm, you know how I helped the motion sickness on your bachelorette? What? White claws. White claws? <laughs> Honestly, no, but alcohol, I find, they, I think someone said that too, like, alcohol, like, because you're not, you're able to kind of go with the oh gosh, ocean of the ocean. I have such bad motion sickness. <laughs> I always say that I do, but I don't even know if I really do anymore. I, uh, I did you not see my face go green on your bachelorette? Miranda, do you think that I was in any position to pay attention to the color of your face? I was sick. I'll tell you what. And then you psychos wanted to go swim at the walruses. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, what were you about to say something and I can't remember what it was remember i don't remember. yeah i can't remember so i just want you to know that like this is a feeling that you might experience when you're scrolling through social media and you see these beautiful pregnant women just living their life looking so happy just doing all these cute little things and you're like sitting in your pajamas with your husband's clothes wondering what the fuck happened what is going on? And that's what I experienced. And it was just, uh, the guilt was so strong because you're just like, why can't I just be happy? I don't get it. And I just couldn't be happy. No matter what I did, I was just so miserable. However, what I experienced, and I kind of want people to maybe expect this is like, as soon as that baby came out, I, it was like a literal snap and it was gone, gone Yeah, out the window, like, never heard of her instead of postpartum depression. Like, was it pregnancy? Prenatal. 
Prenatal? Yeah. Okay. Prenatal depression. Uh, yeah, I was on Zoloft for both of my pregnancies because I just on. couldn't get it together. I couldn't handle it. And yeah, whatever that means, I don't know. I contribute that or like give that, contribute that to... Um, Attribute it? Yeah. Attribute? To just the stimulation. It was just too much. And like somebody asked me, they're like, what are you looking forward to when the baby comes? And I'm like, peeing alone. I just wanted to go to the bathroom and not feel this person in between my legs. Oh, God. <laughs> That's what it felt like to me. It's like I just felt like I could never be alone. And for some reason, it just like messed with me. And yeah, I, I, it could just be me and maybe people that are. But it's probably not. For sure. And there's probably people listening to this and they're like, I love being pregnant and sure. I, I wanted to be you. And what was funny is that so many, if, if I ever did open up about it, people that had been pregnant would be like, oh, really? I loved it. And you're like, good for you. So yeah. great. I'm so happy that you're so happy. <laughs> I think that's why I think talking about pregnancy, talking about postpartum, talking about kids in general parenting is so taboo. People hold a lot of pride in these topics. People hold a lot of like very um, strong opinions on these topics, strong mm -hmm. personal feelings, and it can feel I think that's why women try not to talk about it or 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 refuse it, not it to. It feels isolating because yeah. I'll tell you, like like I said, whenever you do mention something, every single person just wants to share that they loved. And they wanted to just, it's weird because it's like they're not giving you the space. Yeah. The space to just express how you're feeling. It's like, they just, they want to relate to you. So they have to be able to be like, oh yeah, well with me, it was this, this, and this. And you're like, right. I just need you to shut the fuck up so I can talk. <laughs> go ahead. Yes. Preci precisely what I was going to say is that like, so if you are a non-pregnant person and you know that you have a friend that is, try to, you know, rage with them. Like, I, don't try to steal their thunder or just like literally say, yeah, man, fuck these kids. <laughs> it's like, my gosh. I hate that for you. I'm angry for who are we fighting? Like match their energy, make them feel comfortable to not hold it in and understand that like, say your wife is pregnant and she's miserable. That is so normal. Okay. So like, don't make her feel bad. Don't make pregnant people feel already worse than they probably do. So I think a lot of this is just keep in mind that like your mental health is just as important, if not more than the actual baby itself, because if you aren't getting through it, neither is the baby. Like, let's be honest. And I know that probably sounds really scary and terrible, but you are just as important and don't, don't risk it, you know? That's, uh, it made me think of, I saw a TikTok and I was like, when I'm speaking with my spouse, and I think that this can be true across friendships as well. It's like, and you are sharing something, having the 
the uh, other partner ask like do you want a solution or do you want validation and mm-hmm. it's like then it sets them up with like here's how I want you to respond in this moment I'm looking for x or you know y um, yes yeah don't expect people to mind read too and that goes for everybody yeah. across the board like people don't know what's going on they literally are looking at Instagram all day long like that's their that's their reality so like they people aren't really like clued in to like I think everybody just expects that everybody's doing fantastic, which can be the furthest thing from the truth. So I I, uh, definitely wanted to just shine a whole big flashlight, whole spotlight on mental health with pregnancy, which is my next point exactly, is the mental internal turmoil of just being pregnant. My God, I just didn't expect it at all. Like, and... The reason I bring it up is because I did everything I could do to not let it happen again. It was, I was, I thought it was something I could control and I just couldn't. And the reason I say that is because I went into my second pregnancy, one, planning it, wanting it, the whole nine, like Lucas, my second was a hundred percent planned and wanted, not that Amelia wasn't wanted. She just wasn't planned. (laughs) And so what I'm saying is I went into that fully knowing like how my last one went. And I just went into thinking, I'm just going to look at this with all sunshine and rainbows and butterflies. And it never happened. No matter what I did, it was just something I really had no control over. Despite being in therapy and being in therapy at that point for like, oh gosh, three plus years. And ending up getting on Zoloft too. What were you going to say? Yeah, no, I'm just saying like, we've, you have a surge of hormones that are just pumping for 10 months. Right. That are all, that are altering your perception, like that are altering how you view things that Mm -hmm. your mental health is so connected to those different, you know, your endocrine system and which is closely connected to your, um, what am am I thinking? Like neurologically. So there's a lot of changes going on that the turmoil you're feeling is, is the hormones. It's okay. Yeah. Like there's a lot going on at, at play here. I, before I got pregnant with, uh, with both my kids, it was, I always hated when people would just like minimize a woman's experience to just hormones because it's not quite like that. Like we aren't just a bottle of hormones. Now it was really hard for me to grapple with like, this is hormones. Mm-hmm. And Cause like you, when you're pregnant, you're not, pro- what do you, what do you produce? Or is it pregnant or postpartum? You stop producing like two hormones and then you only produce this specific hormone that I can't think of when you're pregnant. It's, it's, it's not prolactin. Is it prolactin? No. I'd have to look it up. I can't think of it. Anyway, so you stop producing like uh, the hormones that are needed to regulate, like estrogen and testosterone regulate your shit. And when you're pregnant, you don't produce, you only produce one. And then when you're breastfeeding, you go straight to prolactin. Your estrogen levels are still down. So keep that in mind. However, what I was going to say is when I I had a hard time with like 
understanding and like accepting that like this is hormones and this is just what's happening and there's nothing you can really do <laughs> to like except you can't like, combat those hormones yeah except you know letting your doctor know when like however you're feeling and however mm-hmm. even if it feels like it's wrong trying to get ahead of it and to your point like having to get on like um antidepressants and being okay with that and accepting for what it is to like get you through the next however many months you know yeah yeah really that you just got to get through it because from my experience if you are experiencing any of these it all disappeared the second I went into labor so there's absolutely something to look forward to and then you just get to breastfeed or or not for me I sat and breastfed for like hours on end in my bed that's all I did anyway so there was Rachel you had some questions I put a question out on my community well first Miranda thank you for sharing all of that I think that I I welcome um feedback and for those to connect with us and let us know like if you are one who's pregnant for the first time and you're feeling these emotions knowing that you're not alone and that if you need someone to talk to like please reach out to Miranda she's more her dms are always open right I figured if I see Um, them yes but this is an open you know discussion and we want to hear your feedback and I appreciate you sharing with us because I do think that you you're not the only one yeah so I asked my community um a question which was, you know, what is one thing every expecting mom should know? So I wanted to collect some feedback, see what some people would say. So I'm going to share a couple of things. Um, and I, and a lot of it kind of connects with you of what you, you said. So um, the first one is it's okay to not love every single moment, love my kids, but saw others posts and it felt like it wasn't allowed to not always be great or to be honest, just have parts slash days that straight up suck. Mm-hmm. 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 I think that's everything I said. <laughs> it really is. Like, and it just validates like, you know, that those feelings you think it's like a should like, oh, I should feel this way because of X. Instead, you're like, you're fucking gaslighting yourself. <laughs> like, Well, I think that there's just everybody just is really just basically telling you not to feel what you're feeling. And if you do, you're wrong. Like that's the way that they go about it because they literally respond. I loved it. That's literally everybody's response to pregnancy, at least the age of like 40 and older. They all want to tell you how much they loved being pregnant. I also think there's a call to action for people who are on social media to just be vulnerable, like Mm -hmm. being vulnerable is really, really hard. And it's not that it's your responsibility, but like maybe consider it. Like it might, your vulnerability might help somebody because she, like this person uh, said, like saw others post and felt like I wasn't allowed to feel like to think that 
think these feelings, like you're mm-hmm. just comparing yourself and it, and it is, I think there's onus on the individual to do the work to learn not to compare yourself to others. Right. But I do think like there's space for us collectively who participate in social media to be a little bit more authentic in what we are going through. Because like we've said, like you're not, you're probably not alone in how you're feeling. Yeah, no, I agree. Maybe we could focus on very much less edited photos. Maybe we could do without all the presets and filters that make everything look like it's filmed in heaven. That's I think that would be helpful. Or even just like, like captions. I love when people are vulnerable and captions just like, you see this photo, like, I, I love like Instagram versus reality photos. Like, that's great. And even like, snap it, you know, show that great picture of your family, but be like, yo, we were actually fighting for six hours about what the kids should wear or something like that. Like just adds a little bit more authenticity, authenticity instead of just a fucking highlight reel that really fucks with everybody's head. That I think would be great. And also, uh, if, uh, you know, people would just stop making people feel bad, like you would con like if somebody opens up, that's not the open door to be like, you stupid bitch, how dare you think? Yeah, like there's like a another side of that coin where like when you want to be vulnerable and like you are just tormented in your comment section. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a whole nother. Uh-huh. Okay, this one was good too. Pregnancy tired is worse than the tiredness you feel with a newborn. Oh, I... I don't know if I can relate to that one because my kids, uh, yeah, no, can't relate. This person, but we're validating their feelings. Uh-huh. Someone else, like if mm-hmm. uh, there's going to be people listening to this who are pregnant and they may be like, oh shit. Like, yeah, no, um, no, I agree. I wish that I could have slept when I was pregnant. That would have, that would have been cool. Um, the other one is piece of feedback was enjoy it the first go around pregnancy gets less glamorous the more kids you have hmm I wonder I could see that I could see that too yeah I could see that also said don't stress about breastfeeding but seek a Uh lactation specialist if it's in your plan I like yeah Mm -hmm. if it's in your plan don't I, I I grapple with this one where if somebody wants to breastfeed and they're struggling, I want to support them, but I also don't want to, you know, send them down a spiral because they're struggling to breastfeed. Right. And like, it's just this like hard place. And it has the question, like you said, do you want me to support you? Or do you want me to like support you getting through a struggle? Or do you want me to support you in like leaving leaving breastfeeding in the past you know what I'm trying to say right that's a hard one to navigate for me because I I don't know which how to handle those breastfeeding isn't even just another topic that is super like charged in the it's hard and I I have a lot to say about it because I've always wanted to share how much I loved it but so many people want to tell me, like I, I've experienced this, they want to tell me it's wrong to make people feel bad. And like I wasn't 
doing that in any way yeah i've never i would never try to make people feel guilty for not breastfeeding and like that's not because like i support people's decisions on whatever the fuck they want to do you know what's yeah. best for your baby yeah <sighs> um this was a good one so prepare excuse me preparing your body before labor and i love this point knowing you can advocate for yourself during yeah yeah i think that was a really good piece of advice yeah and then there was one and then i'm going to go to this one i have an individual who sent me like a few like paragraphs that i thought she had really good points but this this individual said there's no right way to parent do what feels right for you which i like that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i like it now i want to share something this is an one that was talking about like the shoulds so um she said the times i get most frustrated from being a mom is when in my head you know my child is supposed to be sleeping or supposed to be eating or you set up a whole activity and they want nothing to do with it and and they are supposed to love it and supposed to have fun and having those expectations only made, you know, it frustrating for the mom, but also frustrating for the kid, for the child. And basically she kind of talks about just like these unrealistic expectations that have been imposed by just by what, by who, like who said that, you know, your kid yep. go to bed at this time needs to be fed at this time. Like uh-huh. if we go with the flow of things, what's wrong with that? Right. Like absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really liked that a lot. It's very true. Yeah. It's a hard one to learn, but once you get it in your head, it's hard to unsee it. So that's a, that's a good lesson to learn and you see it everywhere. Once you see it there. It's like, you understand why you got off of social media because like during like your pregnancies and things like that, because she even said this too, like uh, social media gives you the expectations that people with kids have well-behaved, well-behaved kids, clean houses with no kids and mess, potty trained kids, kids who put themselves to sleep. And you think that's how it's supposed to be, but it's just not reality. They mm-hmm. like everyone just post when their kids are great, not when their kid is screaming in the night. And it's so true. It's just this highlight reel. And it's so easy to compare yourself to everyone else and their situation and think that that is the norm and what you should, quote unquote, be doing. Right. I 100% agree with that. I, yeah, it's not like we're posting photos of our kids screaming their heads off because it's vulnerable to the kids, but it's not, you know, fitting in with our aesthetic. (laughs) That was a, that was a hard one to go through I think when I I first went through that with my first yeah like follow give us feedback on the post we're going to put up tons of like polls and all of that um or not polls but just like if you like the episode give us feedback yeah any other call to actions no I think that's it uh yeah live your life guys live your life Uh, I'm just here to live life yeah, really. I have so much sawdust in my eye. I can feel it. Okay, let's close this out. Talk to you all soon. Happy Friday. Happy Friday.